All right, let's kick off this brand new series. Um, it's called Floodgates. Um, that was it. That was the intro. Let's talk about point number one. That was good, wasn't it? You were like, man, I like that. Just jump right in. Um, let's talk about um, it's, uh, uh, what happens when things get clogged. So um, I've got a couple things that get clogged. At my house, when I think about things that get clogged, the first thing I think of, and maybe you're the same way, the first thing I think of is drains with hair, at least in my house. See this? Is that, are y'all good? Is that, I don't want somebody to throw up. That's not my house, and it's not my hair, but I believe that I may have pulled something like that out of a drain in my house at some point. Um, here, that's gross. Ugh. I feel like we should leave it up the whole time. <laughs> Um, there's other things that clog. What about these? Um, how about clogged arteries? We, I didn't get an actual picture of a clogged artery because I looked at some and they are really gross. But that's just kind of gives you, and if you can leave that up for a second, it just kind of gives you a, a picture of like how an artery gets clogged. And I kept thinking it looked like sushi. <laughs> Is, am I the only one? Do you see it now that I said that? Do you see? Maybe the, 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 maybe the second one from the right looks kind of like. I don't, I don't want to eat it. I'm just saying. I've, I've, I don't have any firsthand experience with clogged arteries, but I think I'm safe to say they're not good for you. Right? Yeah. Um, what about traffic? I, I, we live in Albemarle, Stanley County, so we don't have a lot of traffic here, right? But um, check this picture out. This is a legit picture. Legit. This is, this is um, I'll have to talk through this picture. You can just leave it up there for a second. This is in China. This is an actual traffic jam. And here's what happened. This is a 50-lane highway. Way. I feel like you're counting them right now. And I hope it's true. No, it is true. So, so 50 lanes. So on the left side of that red line, that's 50 lanes of traffic. This is, this is normal. This is something that they use all the time. And what caused the traffic jam was they put that, that red thing in. That's a checkpoint. And they, they put a checkpoint in there that made 50 lanes of traffic merge into 20. And so it just, you can imagine. I mean, I, I don't know how you are. When I'm on the interstate and, like, it says, like, you got to lane ends, merge right. I mean, who in here, you go as far as you possibly can before you go to the right. And how many of you are cussing out the people that just raise their hands? I mean, I know it's Christian cussing. I know you're not really cussing them out. You're just like, you doggone stupid person, you know. Anyway, thank you. That's crazy. 50 lanes of traffic. By the way, um, this is bonus material. Those of you that raise your hands, I saw Kyle's hand go up and said, like, I'm the guy that goes as far as I possibly can before I pull over. Do you know that they have actually done studies on traffic and found out that people like Kyle you're the one that makes it better that if more people did that there'd be less congestion but the reason there's congestion is because all of us accommodators we saw the sign that it was going to have to merge in two miles and we got over right away and went slow and so people like Kyle are like I'm just going to zip on past all y'all people I don't know what you're doing but I'm going to go as far as I possibly can and get over and if more people did that there'd be less congestion I'm just saying so thank you jerk okay <laughs> First-time guests are like, this guy's weird. It's true. And if you stay with us, you'll still think that. 
Um, what about things, what about other things that can get clogged? And I think this is, and we're going to kind of bring this into the spiritual realm, okay? Because um, we're talking about floodgates. So we're talking about today things that get clogged and how, and what do we do with that, right? The whole reason we're doing a series called floodgates, and we'll talk about this verse some, is Malachi 3.10 says that, you know, it's talking about giving. And today's not about giving, so just relax, take your hand off your wallet, you know. But the principle's still true. He says, look, it, because you're not obeying me in tithes and offerings, he says there's a, there's a floodgate in heaven. And if you'll, if you'll test me and if you'll obey me, if you'll do what I'm asking, then I'll throw open the floodgates. I'll lift the floodgates and I'll release the blessing on you that you can't even contain. So we're saying, hey, floodgates, and our little tagline is unlock the uncontainable. Because there's a blessing that God wants to pour out on his people. And I don't mean like live your best life now. I just mean there's a blessing from God that he wants to pour out, his presence. Um, we just pray for salvation of family members. Those are all blessings, right? It's not about like you're going to win the lottery. I mean, if you do, yay, please let us, let us be your home church and tithe. Um, but it's not about like I'm going to give a bunch of stuff so I can get a bunch of stuff. All God's saying is the floodgates are down. And they're down because what's on the other side of those floodgates, like let's just use water as an example. Any dam, and yes, I just said dam in a sermon. Any dam like, is blocking the water, right? And why is it doing that? Because that water, which is a good thing and could actually provide energy for like maybe a city on the other side of that wall, if that water got through and that city wasn't prepared for it, that water would kill the city. The floodgates protect people that aren't ready. So it's a good thing, right? But the blessing that God wants to pour out on us and through us, he can only pour it out on people who he can trust to steward what he's releasing. So Malachi 3.10 says that there are actually floodgates that he keeps down. I believe this. And we'll talk about this more on Halloween, okay? Because that's the next time that I'm going to talk about finances. That'll be fun. In Malachi 3.10, I believe this, that God wants to bless every believer on earth. He wants to pour out blessings that you'd have to call your friends and say, help me. Can I, can I, I've, hit my, I've hit my limit. I, don't, I can't store or save anymore, but can I give some to you? He wants to pour out such a blessing on his people and the reason he can't, check this out, is not because he's stingy, but because he can't trust us with it. So when we begin to faithfully obey what he's already told us to do, then God says, oh, now I can open the floodgates and I can release blessing through you. Because he doesn't want us to keep it. He wants it to go through us to other people. Are you with me? So it's not just like, let's get rid of the hair in the drain or let's get your arteries unclogged or let's like free up this traffic. Those are things that get clogged, but there are more important things that get clogged in our lives. And the reason they get clogged is because we stop obeying. Here's a couple of them. Miracles. Matthew 13, 58. Jesus, it says this, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, look, that's touchy, right? Because immediately... Where our mind goes to is, so you're saying if I had had more faith, then a miracle would have happened. Maybe. Is that too honest? 
But what I know for a fact is, if we don't have any faith, according to that verse, not many miracles are going to happen. So our part is, God, increase my faith so the floodgates can get opened and the flood can, get, can be released. Are you with me? It's not a guarantee. It's just on our part. What is our part to do? I thought about this. I, I talk about this verse all the time. Um, yeah, we just came through this amazing season with Encounter, and then, like, I'm looking at your faces, and there's so much um, expectancy in our church right now, and there's also a lot of what is happening, right? Like, that's kind of where we are. Like, we're in these two places at the same time. Like, I kind of miss, like, my old church, but I kind of like what's happening, right? We don't know what to do with it. But I'll tell you one thing we can't do with it. We can't just let it be and not engage, right? So some things you'll hear from me, I feel like I'm all over the place, but just give me grace. Things you'll hear from me a lot throughout this series is you're going to get sick and tired of hearing me say, serve. Like, get off the chair and serve. But you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving. If all we're doing is coming to get more and more and more, then that, that floodgate, when it's released, it'll kill you. Because if you just try to hold on to all that God wants to pour into your life, it's going to blow you up. Like it's, somebody, it's like somebody eats all the time and never exercises. What happens? Yeah, right. It's, it's not good. Those arteries I just showed you, that's some of what happens there. And so I, one of our favorite verses, and, and eventually we'll have note sheets for you to use again when, like, it's all safe to give you paper. <laughs> I don't know if we're protecting you from germs or paper cuts, but when we... When you get those sheets back, at the top of the note sheet is John 13, 17. I love this verse. It's so powerful and it's so practical. Jesus said to his disciples, now that you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. So Jesus is basically saying, hey, it's awesome that you came to church and you're going to learn some stuff. and You should definitely take notes on those things. But the blessing didn't come because you came to church. The blessing comes because you left church and did it, right? And so when we come to things like encounter and God moves in a powerful way, when God speaks over us like prophetic words, it's awesome to like journal those down and go like, this is great, God. I don't ever want to do anything else but just be here. And he's like, time out. The blessing is when you do it. It's good that you receive. Now the blessing is that you do it. And so that's what you hear me say all the time. Like, and what I learned this morning, on, funny, God woke me up early. And he just said, hey, that verse that you love to quote, Paul, John 13, 17, do you know where it is in context? It's right after Jesus washed their feet. He's actually talking about service. It's like, I just washed your feet. I gave you an example of something to do. And when you do it, you'll be blessed. So even our obedience raises the floodgates. All right. Sorry. What about the move of the Spirit? Can the move of the Spirit get clogged? Well, absolutely, because 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says, do not quench the Spirit. So don't do things that puts the floodgate down and stops the flow of the Spirit. What about, well, we know God's blessings, Malachi 3.10, we just read this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there would not be room enough to store it. Sometimes the reason we don't have the blessing is because we've not been obedient to bring 
the tithe or to be obedient in whatever area he's talking about. So let's, let's talk about how to get rid of clogs, right? Um, how do we remove clogs? And it's right there in Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe. Now, again, this isn't about finances. Relax. Everybody take a deep breath and say, it's okay to rob God for another week. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. But it's really, this is about obedience. So the way that we unclog, the way that we raise the floodgates is we obey. So in that particular passage, he's talking about money, and he says, hey, bring the whole tithe. The whole tithe. He's not after 99% obedience. He's after all. So bring the whole tithe and see if I won't then release the blessing. So that's how we unclog and unlock the uncontainable. We obey. So when the floodgates are raised, the blessings get released. It's our obedience that unlocks the uncontainable. So here's the question. If it's really that simple, and it is, tell your neighbor it's that simple. Like we obey the floodgates get released, and blessings pour out. If it's really that simple, then why aren't floodgates raised and clogs getting busted? Why are people feeling like in their lives they're stuck? Why do we feel that way if it's really as simple as obedience? Here's the answer. It costs something to open floodgates. So when I go um, in my bathroom, and, and I'm using the sink, and, you know, like, it's always gross when it gets clogged up, and you don't realize it until you start brushing your teeth, because that's nasty, right? Because then, like, you got a mouthful of stuff, and you have to spit it somewhere. You spit it in the sink. You turn the water on. It just floats up, right? Is that too? We're far enough from lunch. You'll be okay by lunchtime, right? But that's just gross. You're like, you don't want to reach your hand in there. You don't want to touch it. It's just nasty, right? And you're also mad because you know it wasn't you, although it might have been. But you're like, I know that's not my hair, right? That's how we think. And so you get mad, like, I, we need marriage counseling or I need, like, parent help or whatever because I know it's maybe your dog jumped in the sink and shook. Who knows, right? But there's hair there. It's gross. And it's going to cost you something to get rid of that. At the very minimum, it's going to cost you a trip to the store, to get some, a container of like, what is it, Drano, Drain Buster, Miracle Juice, right? And in our house, it's always you get two. Because one ain't ever going to do it. You know that. Am I the only one? You pour that one. This says like pouring like this much. I'm like the whole thing, right? And then the whole other one, right? And it's, it costs you that. So time to go to the store, money to buy that. Now, we've actually, we had our bathroom remodeled. Oh, we got rid of the 1970s pink Pepto-Bismol tile, right? <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. It's gone, right? Hallelujah. So we got two bathrooms. One's fixed, and the other is still in the 70s, but it's all good. Um, and when they came and started, like, tearing our whole bathroom out, we, we had budgeted. We were ready, the whole deal. But then we had to spend some extra money because they were like, we, we don't— we don't know why we told them we got a shower that, like, sometimes you're standing in water as you take the shower. Is this too much information for y'all? Are y'all okay? Don't picture it. Don't picture it. Just hang with me. But, like, like you're literally taking a shower, and then, like, it's up to your ankles, you know. And it's, again, nasty because it's nasty water. It's got soap in it, but it's gross, right? And so they, they started figuring out what was wrong. And sure enough, clog pipes. 
And so we had to pay more money to get a plumber to come in and get rid of those pipes that were so nasty, so corroded, they couldn't be fixed, and they were probably from 1970, and they had to put in new pipes, and it was crazy. But the great thing is, I don't stand in water when I take a shower now. I mean, I stand in water, but I'm not standing in standing water. You know what I'm saying? And it's fantastic. I mean, like, literally, this, it all goes down the drain. It's a, a beautiful thing. It costs us a lot more than Drano. Right? I could have stayed in standing water and taken showers in Pepto-Bismol. I could have done all that. But it costs something to get rid of clogs. It costs something to open the floodgates. So, now, here, here's the thing. We pay the cost, but we don't remove the clog. This is really important because I'm talking to a culture, and I'm a part of that culture. We've been raised in church. We've, been, we've had religion driven into our heads. So when I say you better pay the cost, then what we think is I better get that thing unclogged. I better sing louder. I better learn that new song faster so I can really jump in on that thing. When Paul gets up and he's passionate and says, let's go to the altar. I better be the first one down. We are so geared to think like do, 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 do. But what God's after are people that just simply obey by saying, hey, I can't get rid of that clog, but I will put myself in a position where your power can get rid of that clog. Are you with me? You see the difference? I paid the cost, but the reason why our shower works now is that I didn't do the plumbing. Because I'm not a good plumber. I paid a good plumber to come and do what good plumbers do. And we need to pay the cost of obedience so that we can invite the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in and unclog these places that are clogged. Make sense? We pay the cost, but we don't remove the clog. There are a lot of people that want to work harder, want to try to unclog their own souls, and so they don't ever use the power of the Holy Spirit that God has given us. So just in Malachi 3.10, our responsibility is obedience. Bring the whole tithe. God's responsibility is to open the clog. See if I, God, will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and our simple obedience unlocks the uncontainable he will pour out a blessing that we won't have room to store big idea you've heard me say it so many times it would probably fit in every message but for this series especially simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes the things that you want in your life that i want in my life that we don't have the power to create he's not asking us to create it he's just asking us to be obedient simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes um jay and i were talking this week and he was like last week he said tell me that story again about the guy that went from north carolina to hawaii one step at a time and this is a true story i know the man so i've shared it before but it's just it's so perfect for where we are right now just these simple steps of obedience there was a man and he felt like god dropped this word on him like hey you need to go to ywam which is youth with a mission you need to go to youth with a mission in hawaii and he was in north carolina and he was broke so he said out loud to god um god i i don't know how i'm going to get from here to hawaii um i don't have any money I, I don't have a ticket i got nothing he said he felt like god just said i know you i know what you don't have but what can you do and he said well i i guess i could pack a suitcase so we packed a suitcase and we got done it was like all right god 
Pack the suitcase. I still can't go to Hawaii. And God said, I know you can't. I know what you can't do, but what can you do? Well, I, I guess I could go downstairs and put the suitcase on the sidewalk. So we did. And when we did that, a taxi pulled up. And he was like, well, God, I don't have any money for a taxi. He's like, I know, but like, what can you do? Well, I guess I can start getting in the taxi. And as he starts getting in the taxi, somebody got on the other side and said, hey, I'm going to the airport. You want to split a fare? You want, I'll pay your fare. Sure. He's just one step at a time. He gets to the airport. And he's like, well, here I am, God. I don't have a ticket. Well, I know what you don't have, but you've got your bags. You're here at the airport. But what can you do? I, I guess I can just sit down there on that couch and wait. So he did. A couple hours later, somebody walked up and said, I have no idea what's going on, but I was supposed to give you this. Take it to Hawaii. Weird. And he just ended up in Hawaii. He got to Hawaii. He's like, well, here I am. I don't, I don't even know where Youth of the Missions offices are. He said, well, what can you do? I guess I can walk out in front of the airport and wait. And cab picked him up, took him to YWAM. The man went on to be a global teacher for YWAM. It's crazy. It all started because he stopped talking about what he couldn't do, and God just said, but what can you do? Simple obedience, y'all, produces supernatural outcome. The man became a global trainer for a global ministry because he was just willing to pull a bag out and pack it. Our job is not to full, pull everything off. Our job is to simply do the next thing that God tells us to do. Simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. Obedience opens the floodgates that are holding back the blessing. And the reason that they stay clogged, please hear me when I say this. I mean it in love. I'm trying to lose my intense face because I don't want you to think I'm mad at you. The reason things stay clogged is because we're okay with it. We're okay living half-blessed. Sometimes we're content with a little bit of God's power that makes its way through the clog. And I'm telling you, God is gracious and he's good, and he will find a way to get through some clogs to give you a little bit of blessing because he's a good father. And I think sometimes we're content with that. But here's what God wants. He needs somebody to recognize that the little stream of God's power is not what he intended. He actually intends more. He's calling his children out of complacency and into a life of urgency for more. Now, I I found a video. I'm going to set it up, and then you can show it. Um, I was just, like, looking for for traffic jam pictures, and I found this video. The title was something like, it actually happened in Australia. I was like, i got to watch that. I'm a sucker for clickbait, just so you know. Not political clickbait. Don't even send that to me. I ain't watching it. But video stuff, yeah, all over it. So I watched it, and you're going to see this thing happen like four, three, maybe four times. They just kind of keep showing it over and over again. Um, so I, th- I think you'll recognize the part that I want you to see, I think. Here we go. Traffic. Then they're going to zoom in and give you a little closer look. This legit happened, y'all. This is caught on a traffic cam. I think that's seven lanes of traffic. And the mom, it's always a woman driver. <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. I'm kidding. She was distracted, I'm sure, by her kid. But they got through. They were completely okay. They didn't touch any cars. No cars touched them. They made it through seven lanes of traffic without hitting anything. Can we just agree, y'all, that that's a miracle? Yes, can we give God praise for that? It's a miracle. Yes, amen. (laughs) 
I think that we live with clocks because most believers are content with that. We're content with the occasional miracle. Well, hey, that was awesome, God. Like, I put every obstacle in your way, and you still moved. I love serving you, God. And he's like, yeah, but can you imagine what I could do if you weren't disobedient, if you weren't rebellious, if you actually put yourself in a position for me to unclog those things in your life? What could I do then, right? The Holy Spirit needs to bust through us so that he can flow through us. He needs to bust through us so he can flow through us. Pastor Allen said this at Encounter, and I, I can't get it out of my head. He said, there's a cost to Pentecost. There's a cost to Pentecost, and not everyone is willing to pay it. Now, let's bring this to a close. I showed you that picture of the 50-lane the 50 traffic jam, right? That's huge. Can you imagine? I mean, we live in Stanley County. I get frustrated at the roundabouts. And if it's y'all that are making me frustrated, can I just take a few minutes and give you a quick just a little lesson on how to drive in, in traffic in roundabouts? You don't stop. Can I get an amen? People. It's a roundabout so that you can go round about it. Right? You don't pull up and just stop until no one else is in it. I have literally been behind people that stopped because there was a car right there, and they watched it go all the way around, and then they went, it went right there. <laughs> I was like, oh! Anyway, we can't relate to 50-lane traffic. We, we have to relate to like stuff like full Walmart parking lots and that kind of thing. But even the 50-lane traffic jam is not the worst traffic jam in history. If you go to Google and you type in, Worst traffic jam in history. You will, you'll, you'll see a picture of traffic in Beijing, China, in August of 2010. There was a traffic jam that was 62 miles long. I think we have a picture of some of that. 62 miles long. There were people, you can leave that picture up. There were people that were in that traffic jam for three days. They were moving one kilometer a day, which is just a little over half a mile. One kilometer a day. They were in traffic so long, this cracks me up. We think this stuff only happens in America, but it doesn't. There's capitalism everywhere. People made money. They got rich because they got, they got blankets, coats, T-shirts, food, water, and they went walking into that traffic jam selling it for like 10 to 20 times what it was worth. And they got, like, an, uh, literally, you can read about it, an entire sub-economy grew up because of that traffic jam. People profited off the clog. There's a word in that for the church today. There's a lot of pastors that are content with their people being clogged up because the pastors want to be in control. I'd like you to get unclogged. I don't want to be in control. Okay? 62 miles long. The traffic jam lasted for 12 days. Guess what caused it? The government thought it would be a good idea to make that road less congested. So they sent in construction workers to start doing road work to make it less congested, and the road work caused the traffic jam. There's a lesson in that too, right? Sometimes our own attempts... We're in a season of fasting right now as a church because God said that if we bring our plans to him, if we would submit 
our plans to him, then he will establish those plans. Sometimes we just get busy doing for God what we're pretty sure he wanted us to do in the first place. And he's like, I didn't even ask you to do that. But I was telling, I was telling Wendy this story, talking about this traffic jam, how long people were in it. And then I told her this. The crazy thing was she said, I can't imagine. I can't imagine sitting in that kind of traffic. I said, well, the crazy thing is they didn't have to. That one of the reasons that traffic jam was so long and lasted for so long is because people that were in it were passing exits that they could have taken, but the reason that they didn't take the exits were because these exits went to, to toll roads, and they didn't want to pay the toll. So they stayed in traffic. I was telling that to Wendy, and she looked at me, and she's such a woman of wisdom. She just, three words, she said, pay the toll. And the way she said it, I knew what she meant was pay the freaking toll, right? Like she was like, are you kidding me right now? Pay the toll, get off. And I was like, that's the title of this message. Church, pay the toll. Why are we sitting in the clog anyway? Pay the toll and release the floodgates. We got to pay the toll. There's a cost to this. And if we'll pay it, it will become unclogged. If we'll pay it in prayer, if we'll pay it in worship, if we'll pay it in doing things that we might not have been comfortable doing, but I will do anything, God, to get out of this mess I'm in right now. And when we get to that place, we start to pay it. God comes through. He's calling you and I to simply pay the toll. It's, now I want to be super clear. It's not about earning your salvation. Right? That's paid for. Jesus did, he said on the cross, like Ted Leste, it is finished. That's been paid for. This is not about that. This is about paying the price of obedience and sacrifice in order to open floodgates and unlock the uncontainable. David said this, 2 Samuel 24, 24. But the king replied to Eruanah, No, I insist on paying you for it. This was for land. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So he bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid the full price for them. God is looking for people who are willing to pay the full price. Pay the toll. Get off. Get out of the traffic jam. Right? I know that Jesus paid the price for us. The question today is, are we willing to pay the price? Let me close with this, and then we'll pray. Um, John 4, let me, uh, let's do some closing music. Can we do that? Don't y'all love to hear Zach play guitar? And, and sing, and the whole band, and all that stuff, you know. Boy, I bet that felt good. Anything? Yes. You want to say something? Come on. This is John. This is John, our administrator. Love that. It's very rare I get up here and say anything. This is not my comfort zone. Not my comfort zone. Paul just gave you a lot of examples that were kind of far away, different people, you know, not right here. Let me tell you something, folks. You are sitting in an example of exactly what he's talking about. You are sitting in an example of that. Some of you may have come after we moved in this building. Maybe a few of you remember the times when we were getting this building ready. But let me tell you a really quick story, and I could make it very long, but I won't. Tell you a really quick story about this. Um, simple obedience. 
we were sitting up in the old McClellan's building. We were growing. We had uh, a couple of buildings we rented from Wrenchy Hearn for our kid city space and our landing space, and it was a mess. We were up and down the street, and we were growing. Miss Bridget, where is she? I she, guess she's gone. She was hammering me about what can we do with the space. Paul was hammering me every, and I remember distinctly Jay and I walking up and down the streets of Albemarle looking. That building, what do you think about that building, God? That building, what do you think about that building, God? Praying and thinking and looking, trying to get ourselves out of this situation. The floodgates were closed and we didn't know what to do. Jay had been um, down here and talked to the people at Kimbrell's several years before, no interest. And we looked at it and we said, well, no, no interest. I don't know what we're gonna do. We were sitting, or I was sitting in the old offices up in the, at one of those two buildings we rented from Richie, and just churning, praying, God, what do we do? You know, we've got to do something. And it's gonna cost, we know that. But you've blessed us, and we have money in the bank, and we can, but we don't know what to do. God said, go down there and talk to the folks at Kimbrell's. Now, I don't know how many of you know me, but that is so far outside of my comfort zone. To walk in cold turkey, some of you folks are salespeople, cold calls are nothing. To me, cold calls are tough. To walk in this building, look around, and you remembered it was a furniture store, walk right back there where the desk was and say, um, have talking to two sales girls, by the way, saying, if you guys ever wanna sell or lease this building, Here's my name and number, give me a call. And I turned around and walked out the door. And all the way back up the street, I thought, God, that was dumb, why'd I do that? That was just, okay. This is no joke. That was 2.30 in the afternoon. Four o'clock every afternoon, I go up to Moorhead Park and I walk my dogs. I'm walking my dogs, telephone rings. Look at it, it's a number from Charlotte. I don't know who it is. So I answer it and I'm huffing and puffing along. It's their vice president in charge of their facilities. What are you interested in? Uh, buying your building? How much you offer us? I don't know, can I get back to you? That's how this happened. It was such a God thing. God was moving, God was working. This is something beyond what your message is. I guess you'll get to it later. Those floodgates he's talking about, God's got a plan for all that stuff. He knows what it is. It isn't like it's your deal. All he's asking you to do is simple obedience in that moment. Do what you can do. I could walk down the street. I could talk to those people. Boom. Open the floodgates. And I could tell you story after story after story in that whole process. And even times when I stood right here in this spot in a big empty building that we'd spent most of the summer demolishing and standing right here looking around going, God, what? What do you want us to do with this? One step at a time, simple obedience. God's got the plan. It's his stuff. Just be obedient. That's all you have to do. Just be obedient in that moment.
so good. Story after story, for sure. How many, don't you love stories from other people besides pastors? I mean, I know you like mine too, but you're going to hear a lot more stories as we go through this series, because I want you to see that it works in real life. This is something that, this is theory, this is true. Thanks, John, for being simply obedient, you know, and you're sitting in the result of that, you know, and now just imagine what happens when you say, I'll be simply obedient, right? When we all say that together, what can happen? What can happen? Jesus said this to the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. He said, whoever drinks the water that I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know that it literally in the Greek means a geyser? It's a flood. The living water he gives us becomes a flood. And when we release the floodgates, it pours out of us. I don't know where you are on the scale of like, I like short services and long services. <laughs> Boy, he's really challenging us, isn't he? But I'm telling you, when the floodgate gets moved and people that are overflowing begin to share out of the overflow, I could listen to that all day long. And that's what he's going to release in our church and in our city. Truly, his church is finding her voice again. And we're going to release the floodgates. And he's going to pour out a blessing on our church and our city that we cannot contain. Will you stand together? I just want to pray over you. And then I'm just going to, we're just going to close it out by singing that song that um, Zach is playing right now, You're Still My First Love. I think we go back to that. And here's why we're going to close with that song. It's a perfect song for today. Because the longer we serve Jesus, am I the only one that begins to find it easier and easier just to stick with the status quo? The longer you serve, it's like, hey, I, am I going to go to heaven when I die? Yeah, check, right? It's like, do I need to do anything else for that to happen? Not really, check. It just gets so easy just to, I'm good. But man, now in his last days, y'all, he wants to pour out a movement on the body. He wants to pour something out on the, on, the, on the world that requires us to awaken again to the possibilities. And I think the way he does that is what we're going to sing, the closest. He takes us back to our first love. He reminds us of who he is, right? And we start singing that part about, I feel my heart beating out of my chest. Am I the only one that can't contain it anymore? I mean, I'm just ready, right? Like, let's do it. I'm just ready. I run through a wall, like whatever he says, because simple obedience produces supernatural outcomes. And it all starts by saying, hey, I love you more than any other. Take me back to that place. I'm going to pray over you. And then Zach's going to lead us, and then we'll go eat. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that not only are we talking about it, but we're, we're sitting in it. Thank you for reminding us of that, God, that this very place is the result of simple obedience. God, you want to do greater than this. You said that, if, that you, you would pour out your spirit on us in a way that would allow us to do even greater than you did. Man, it all starts by just going back to that place, remembering our first love. His name is Jesus. And we want to fall passionately in love with you again, God. So as we wrap this service up singing, God, whether we're here in the building, if we're watching online, wherever we are, God, I pray that right now your spirit would just ignite a passion inside of us, God, that we cannot contain.
Church, I know you know this chorus, so I want you to sing it, okay? Don't let the band lead you. Come on. You sing it to the Lord. You're still. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first love. You're still chapter 14 show us the father and Jesus looked at him and said how long have I been with you that you've not seen me and you don't know who I am and God's this song about he's our first love and he wants us to receive that love the message to you is receive that love because he prayed in John chapter 17 that the father is fully now catch this. The Father is fully in Jesus, and now Jesus is fully in you if you're saved and filled with the Spirit. OK? 
okay? So that the world would know that the Father sent Jesus and that he loves you as passionately as he loves the Lord Jesus. And he said in the same setting of scriptures, John 14, I believe, he says, you asked me anything and I'll do it so that the Father would be glorified through me. So he's asking us to see ourselves just as Jesus walked this earth. He met every need that he encountered by what was within him, the Holy Spirit and the anointing that was upon him. And that's what he's calling the church to rise up to, is to walk in the power and the anointing of the Spirit that is within you. Just like we've heard, it's not about what you don't have, it's about what I do have silver and gold I do not have but in the name of Jesus arise and walk so he's in he's challenging us to walk at a higher level of our revelation of who we are in him that not only is he our first love but he is your first love because he died for you God's been telling me for a while now that he has a cascade of love that he wants to pour out on each and every one of us throughout Stanley County, throughout North Carolina, throughout the United States and throughout the world. We just have to tap into that and ask him. I challenge you to ask him to show you how much he really loves you and how think about it and go how can you love me this much how does he show you he loves you every one of us he created in his image and he's so vast oh he is so vast that each one of us experience his love in a different way. Just ask him. I plead with you. I challenge you to ask him to show you how he loves you and to step out of that box. Step out of the box. This is the way it's got to be. This is the way it has to look. And let him love you in the way he wants to love you so many of us don't even know what the word love means. We've experienced so much hurt. We've experienced so much abandonment and different things in our lives that we don't even understand what he means when he says love. So ask him. I just challenge you. Ask him to show you his love and then be ready for that cascade it's like standing under a waterfall it literally is and he has showed me more and more in the, uh, since I have been here at the gathering in the last year and a half each and every time I come in this building no matter if there's a soul here or not 
it cascades his love over me. But it's not even just here. It's in my home. It's where I walk. It's in my car. Let him do that for you. And then just be open and available. Okay, so let's do this, and we're not going to drag it out, okay? But can you sense, obviously, that God's trying to say something to people, right? I mean, like, they're, I love this because it's not a pastor thing. It's a body thing, right? So just quickly, where you are, at home or in the room, if you, if you feel like that call just to know his love is for you, because this happened a couple times, people have shared that, would you just raise your hand right here where you are? We want to pray over you. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray, um, and at the amen, that live stream is going to stop. We love you guys. And then um, we're going to pray in, this, in the room for the people that raise their hands. Is that okay? Let's pray for the ones online first. Father, we thank you that you won't let, it, you won't let the service end because you have an appeal. I just hear, I feel your heart in all these things that are being said, that you are after people who feel like they're not worth coming after. And so I just pray right now for those that are watching online, I pray that they would know right now through the screen, they'd know, man, there's a love in Jesus that I need. There's a love in Jesus that I, I didn't need it for the first time or I need to return to it, God. And I thank you that just even on their confession that you are Lord and their belief that you're raised from the dead is enough to save. And so I pray right now for salvation for those that need it and for just that reconnection, God, for those who crave that as well. We thank you for them joining us this morning, God. We bless them wherever they are and whatever they're doing the rest of the day. We bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.